welcome back to the Houghton Baptist Podcast. After several weeks of retooling our sound system and technology, we are back. Today, Pastor Dave is continuing his series, David, and this is part six in that series, where the actors happen to be David, Saul, and Jonathan. Stick around for that one. And a quick announcement, this Thursday, January 18th, will be a night of praise at Houghton Baptist. We'll have a couple of praise teams there playing all your favorite songs. And this will benefit Love, Inc., so we will be taking a love offering for them. Great cause. And afterwards, check out our website. A lot of information there about things going on. Enjoy the podcast and have a great day. So quiet. Good morning. All right. I'm just going to get some things out of the way this morning. You know, I like to have an interactive message. And uh, so there's a few things I wanted to clear up. When I say everybody say, (laughs) we want to respond in its entirety. You know, we've got some people here this morning. And listen, I want to encourage you and challenge you. But you got to want it. You with me? We come into church and we sit here, we go through songs, we go through the motions, and we pray and we hear a sermon, and yet sometimes it falls on deaf ears. But God has a message for you. That's why I'm here. I, I came to deliver a message from God to you. So let's pray and ask that God would speak to us, help us engage. We need His help. Amen? Amen. All right, let's pray. Father God, you are worthy, you are holy. Lord, you do fight our battles. You're fighting with us. You're fighting for us. Lord, the enemy is strong, but you're stronger. Lord, I pray that you'd help us this morning to to just meet us where we're at, whether we're broken and discouraged or we're just fighting an illness or maybe something catastrophic has happened in our lives and, and we're just barely holding on. God, would you be there for us? Would you be present Would you be mindful? Would you be caring? Would you love us? God, I pray that today you would help us to just hear the teaching of your word. God, that this just wouldn't be another service, God. That you'd speak directly into our lives. God, we are desperately in need of you. God, I pray that you would just help me physically. And Lord, that you would just do the work. I am up here because of you and you alone. And that you would do the work. And I just pray you'd lift up your church and love on us and encourage us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let me start off by asking a question. Is that okay if I ask a question? Is that all right? I was going to anyways. Here it is. Here it is. How well do you know your enemy? How well do you know your enemy? The Bible says this, the enemy kills, steals, and destroys. That's it. That's his job. That's who he is. That's what we're up against. Not an easy fight, is it? Not an easy battle. See, he applies pressure. Maybe you can identify with this. He applies pressure until we give in or we give up or we walk away. He, he stalks us like pray until we're exhausted and we're weary and we're broken. How many there this morning? Maybe you crawled your way to church, right? I don't know. But you're here. 
The enemy doesn't care about you. Did you know that? The enemy doesn't care about you. He doesn't care about me. He doesn't care about the church. He doesn't care about God's work. His desire is to devour us. In fact, for those marked by God, you're going to love this part. We have a hit put out on us. Fun stuff, right? Something you want to be a part of? No, not really. Just what you needed to hear this morning. And for those that have been in the faith for years, you have a better understanding of this. You've you've seen it. You've experienced it. you've, You've battled it. Amen? You lived this over and over and over and over and over again. Today in our sixth installment of our series covering the life of David, Saul, King Saul puts a hit out on David. And David would need to find a place to hide. He would need a covering. Not not fight. Everybody say, not fight. Not battle. Oh, you did good. I didn't even ask you to say it. We're making progress. Just hide. Just hide. And he would need the counsel of his friend Jonathan. Remember, Jonathan is Saul's son. My goal for us today, and it's a simple one, to remind us no matter the hit put out on us that God has a hiding place waiting for us. Let me just say that again because I want it to kind of permeate. I want us to sink through this morning, sink in. No matter the hit, no matter the hit, some of you are already sitting there like, Pastor, you don't know my life. You don't know my circumstances. You don't know my situation. No matter the hit put out on us, God, our King and Creator, has a hiding place waiting for us. Psalms 31, 19-20 says this, How great is the goodness you have stored up for those who, who fear you. You lavish it on those who come to you for protection. How many need to be protected this morning? I see two hands, three hands, right? Good. Like, I don't know if I can raise my hand. It's uncomfortable. What is he asking of me? How many need to be protected this morning? Care, cared for. Loved on. Just loved on. It says, you hide them in the shelter of your presence. What a good hiding place for us, amen? Safe from those who conspire against them, you shelter them in your presence far from accusing tongues. Everybody say, I need a hiding place. Some fights, some obstacles, some battles, some problems. We're not meant to fight We're not meant to to battle. They're too big. They're too powerful. They're too strong. We're, We're meant to hide. We're meant to hide. And not just hide anywhere, church. Hide in the presence of the Most High God. Amen? See, last week we were taught to to run. We're good at running. We're good at running. But this week we're going to be taught to hide in the presence of God. David Young David would would need to hide to avoid Saul's hit. What are you fighting? I think all of us are fighting something. So I'm fighting with my wife. Does that count? What are you fighting? What is it that you're battling with? 
what are you up against? I know my struggles. I know some of your struggles. What are you up against? I wonder this morning how many of us need to find our hiding place. Let's look at 1 Samuel chapter 18, 1 through 5. I lied to you. 1 Samuel chapter 19, verse 1 through 5. Feel free to use your smartphones, your tablets, or your Bibles to follow along. I want you to see what the text says. 1 Samuel 18, or 19, 1 through 5. All along in the overhead, it says this. Saul ordered his son Jonathan and all his servants to kill David. But Saul's son Jonathan liked David very much, so he told him, My father Saul intends to kill you. Be on your guard in the morning and hide in a secret place and stay there. I'll go out and stand beside my father in the field where you are and talk to him about you. When I see what he says, I'll tell you. Jonathan spoke well of David to his father Saul. He said this to him. The king should not sin against his servant David. He hasn't sinned against you. In fact, his actions have been a great advantage to you. He took his life in his hands when he struck down the Philistine. And the Lord brought about a great victory for all of Israel. You, you saw it. And rejoice. So, so why would you sin against the innocent blood by killing David? For no reason. For no reason. Let's stop there. Notice it says Saul ordered Jonathan and his servants to kill David. Keep in mind, church, Saul had already failed twice at killing David. And obviously, putting him in command of his army wasn't a good idea either because David would lead Saul's army, a thousand men, to victory. See, Saul set David up to fail, didn't he? But David overcame the setup. Don't you want to be one who overcomes the setup? Amen? Amen? Think of the irony here. David was meant to die in battle, leading Saul's army. He wasn't supposed to come back from war. Uh, Imagine Saul's face when, when David marched through the kingdom victoriously as a champion. And the women, they came out and sang praises about David. Man, I would have loved to see Saul's face. I bet he was ticked. His setup didn't work, did it? His setup didn't work. God was behind David. God was behind David's victories. Think of the things, friends, that you have gone through in your lifetime. Maybe things you're going through right now that were meant to destroy you. You there? Are you thinking about that? That one thing, Pastor, you don't know my life. There have been countless things that I've gone through that were meant to defeat me, to destroy me, to finish me. But you're here this morning. Amen? Amen. You kept going. You kept fighting. You, you kept pushing. No matter the resistance, no matter the obstacle, you just kept pushing forward in the faith, trusting in your great, mighty God that you would be victorious, that you would win. How about that nasty divorce you went through? 
separation that nearly destroyed you and your kids, that battle with cancer or, or heart disease that you, you fought through, you battled through. How about that child that was molested or abused and it almost tore you apart and almost finished you? But you came back victorious. Amen? Everybody say, I came back. Say it again like you mean it. I came back. I came back. Every time I came back, I'm still fighting. Some of you this morning, you're fighting. Just fighting. But you're here. You're here moving forward. How would Jonathan and his servants respond to Saul's order? He, he was the king. He was the one in charge, right? He had the authority to put a hit out on David. Remember, not only did Saul already fail at killing David, but he did so in secret. Behind closed doors, no one knew about it. No one knew that Saul had tried to kill the giant slayer, the future king of Israel, the one that everybody was celebrating and praising. Saul had already tried to kill him over and over again. Maybe this morning you say, I can identify with that. People have come after me. People have accused me. People have assaulted me. People have wronged me. People have set me up. No one knew about it. As soon as Jonathan heard about this hit, he went straight to David. What a, what a good friend, amen? What a good friend. Think about what Jonathan was risking for just a moment. His own life. His relationship with his, his dad. Saul trusted Jonathan with this information. How about his own position? We're always thinking about ourselves, aren't we? Let's just be honest. Maybe that's just me. Right? We think about us. What we want, what we need, what we're not getting. Jonathan risked it all for David. What a a friendship. Dave, I'm going to give you this information. I'm going to love you. I'm going to be there for you. Church, Jonathan risked everything. Everybody say everything to keep David safe. Remember, Jonathan had already given David his royal robe, which meant he put a blessing over his position. He gave him his military tunic, his his sword, and his bow. Basically, everything his position as the king's son demanded. Jonathan gave it all to David for David's success, for God to use David. It wasn't about Jonathan. It wasn't about a position. Now, Jonathan would give intel to this fugitive. We don't think of David as a fugitive, do we? Intel is important. Intel is important. Here's the thing, friends, no, no matter the hits, the circumstances, the plots against you, God uses others to keep you safe. Amen? God uses people to protect and guide you. David would be dead in the water without Jonathan. 
We've already discussed in the series our great need for a Jonathan. Have you found a Jonathan? Are you looking? I'm good, Pastor. I'm good. Some of us enjoy isolation. I don't. Have you found your Jonathan? How about becoming a Jonathan? Talked about this already as well. Well, I, I don't know about the whole friendship thing. I mean... I've got my own battles, my own fights, my own worries. I I don't know how much I can give or sacrifice. What about me? What about me? Have you become a Jonathan? Think of the people, church, who have come alongside you. Think about those individuals. The people that have fought for you. I mean, they've fought for you. For your life, for your spiritual faith, for your existence. They've been there, they've been present, they've loved you, they've cared for you. They've battled with you. That doesn't happen by coincidence, does it? God appoints people to our lives. I truly believe that. I have people in my life that I know that God has appointed to me. In fact, this last week I had just different people, a few from the church, a few that don't even attend here. Are you okay? I'm with you. Are you okay? I'm in this fight with you. I'm praying for you. Then they share their experiences, their own struggles, their own heartaches. They allow me to vent and be human and be myself. We need those types of people in our lives. Amen? We just do. Or else we'll drive our spouses completely nuts. You know what I mean? I'm driving my wife nuts. You've got to pray for her. People who encourage. And just a word of encouragement sometimes. I've thought of you. I'm praying for you. I'm in the fight with you. You have people, if, if you're looking around, I mean really looking Maybe even people within in the rows of this church that are there for you. They're present. They're mindful of you. You have them too. Jonathan ran to David and, and told him to hide. In fact, he said two things here. I want you to see it in the text. Be on guard and hide in a secret place. Be on guard and hide in a secret place. Two things stand out here in the text. The first was, of course, for David to be on guard. In other words, just David be watchful, right? Saul and his servants, they were hunted David down as this conversation was unfolding. Looking to take out David. This was a manhunt. David would be the future king of Israel. He was God's anointed A man after his own heart. And they were hunting him down. Friends, too many of us aren't watchful. You with me? Let's just be honest about it. We're not prepared when when the enemy strikes. And it doesn't come in the form of a physical blow like someone's actually trying to kill you. Right? I mean, that might be true. I don't know. Your life. It comes in the form of an unexpected bill. You with me? A big bill that comes in, you're like, praise Jesus! 
No, it flattened you. I don't have the money for that. I can't afford that. Not another bill or a diagnosis that you didn't expect, that you didn't want, you didn't ask for. You, you weren't praying for that diagnosis, were you? Car trouble? Maybe you lost a vehicle? Can't get around? Stuck? Shut off notice? <sighs> Do we like those pink slips? Amen? No! No. Maybe a reprimand from an employer or a co-worker thinks they know more than you. Amen? Maybe a friend betrays you. Have you ever had a friend betray you? Turn on you? Absolutely. And instead of being watchful and prepared on guard, we allow the hit to do what it's designed to do, which means completely wipe us out. Right? Am I the only one? We pull back from God. Maybe you're sitting there today and say, I, I don't even know how I got here. Because I'm going through some stuff. We start to pull away from God. Our relationship with Him, it's His fault. He wasn't fair. This isn't fair. We pull back from our church. I just can't be around all that praying stuff. Worshiping. I have nothing to worship about. Can I just say this? We always have something to worship about and praise Him for. No matter the cost, no matter what you're going through, no matter the circumstances, we always have something, someone to praise and worship. We pull back from life itself. This has been me. These many months, if you haven't heard from me, sometimes I just withdraw. When you're struggling and suffering, you're going through things, you, you withdraw from people. Because we want people to see us at our best, don't we? Not the broken side, not, not the messy side. God forbid we show the ugliness of who we are. Amen? Amen? Am I the only one? God doesn't want us to withdraw. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says, Be on guard! Last week, Caden said, You're loud when you preach, Dad. I said, Yep. Be on guard. You with me? Be on guard. Stand firm in the faith. Well, it's hard. It's meant to be hard. Stand firm in the faith. I don't feel like it. Stand firm in the faith. I'm miserable. I'm depressed. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. Be courageous. Be strong. First Peter 5, 8 says, be alert. Another version says, be sober. Watch out for your great enemy. We diminish the ability and the power of our enemy. For your great enemy, the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Our enemy is no joke. Everybody say, he's no joke. He's no joke. I've been prey at times. Have you? I've been prey. So we're to be on guard. Next, Jonathan says this, find a secret place. Find a secret place. Now, it would be easy to skip over this, and, and many do, but Jonathan is telling, I believe, David to get in the presence of God. 
His hiding place. Not just some hole, not just some dark alley, but the presence of God. Psalms 32 says, For you are my hiding place. For you are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You you surround me, I love this part, with songs of victory. We've been talking about the songs that have been sang about David. You surround me with songs of victory. You are my hiding place. Psalms 119 says, you are my hiding place and my shield. Amen? See, see where I'm going with this? We're not to hide ourselves in, in affairs or addictions or in the bottle. We're not to hide in our, our jobs, in our educations, in our hobbies, in our, in our wealth. We're not to hide in our favorite foods. You're not to, Big Macs are good, but you're not meant to hide in them. You know what I'm saying? Or your favorite coffee. But to hide in God. Hide in God. Not, not just the idea of God, but the presence of God. He's a shelter. He's a covering. He's a comforter. He's an encourager. Sounds like a good place to hide. Amen? A good place to wait out life's storms and trials. We're just going to hide in the presence of God. That's where I need to be. That's where you need to be. In God's presence. Jonathan told David, you have to get out of here. Now, Saul's looking for you. His servants, they are coming. He's going to kill you. He, he hates you, David. Think of this interaction between Jonathan and David and the drama that was unfolding. He hates you, David. He hates you. He's envious of you. David, he, he can't stand you. He's put a hit out on you. And if you stay here, you'll die. Think of your life for a moment. If you stay here, you'll die. If you stay here, you'll die. Friends, our enemy hates us because he hates Jesus Christ. You with me? Amen? The Bible says all hell can't prevail over heaven. We have great victories coming. Great victories. Number two, we're a threat to the enemy's cause. So he hates us because he hates Jesus. He hates us because he hates his kingdom. But he hates us because we're a threat to the cause of Christ. Everybody say, I'm a threat. Say it again like you mean it. I'm a threat. David was a threat to Saul's legacy. If you think about it, we're a threat to Satan's legacy. Once David arrived on the scene, everything changed for Saul. Everything was different. It wasn't about Saul anymore. It was about David and what God was going to do through David's life. Saul had sinned. He disobeyed. He turned his back from God. 
So God withdrew from him and anointed David. Things were different. It wasn't David's fault. He just got caught up in a kingdom battle. You with me? Some of you this morning just caught up in a battle. Spiritual warfare. We're so quick to blame others. Have you blamed somebody this past week? It's my boss's fault. It's my neighbor's fault. They keep blowing snow into my driveway. You know what I'm talking about? It's my husband's fault. My wife's fault. It's my kid's fault. It's my church's fault. It's my pastor's fault. We're so quick to blame people or blame God. God, this this mess that I'm in, it's all on you. Have you ever said that before? I have. We even blame the enemy. It's all his fault. Even though some of us are caught up in addictions and sin, some of us aren't doing the right things, some of us have walked away from our faith, some of us are making poor choices, some of us haven't surrendered to God the way that he's calling us to, it might be a little bit of our fault. Do we ever blame ourselves? (laughs) I can't think of a time, if I'm being honest, do we ever blame ourselves? God not only gives us a way out, but a place to hide. While the kids were on Christmas break, we had a few Nerf gun fights. You should see Caden's arsenal. It's awesome. It's awesome. And one of the games we played over break was that two of us would go hide and the other two would have to come find us, of, co- of course, with loaded Nerf guns. It was Caden and Ryan on one team and Kipton and myself on the other, which, by the way, Kip is like a mini sniper for three years old. I'm not even kidding you. Now, our place isn't very big. We, we have a, of a small house and... But you'd be amazed the place the kids were able to hide, like the laundry baskets, closets, stuffed full of clothes and boxes under the bed. But it's because of their size, mind you. Now, I can't fit into a laundry basket. I didn't even try, or, or even under the bed, for that matter. So I had to find adult-sized hiding spots, like the entryway. And you should have seen it. Kipton and I, we got in the entryway, we have our loaded Nerf guns, and, and we're crouched down like this, and, you know, into the moment, we can hear Caden and Ryan kind of walking by, and Kipton looks at me, and we're all crouched down, and puts his arm, and goes, you're the best dad. I said, thank you. And then he looks at me, and he goes, shh. <laughs> shh. Stay with me. We often try to hide in places that are too small for our circumstances. You with me? Places that are not able to hide us in the way that we need to be hidden. The way that we need to be covered and concealed and loved on and encouraged and cared for. Believe me when I say this, God is big enough to hide you. Amen? Amen. Everyone say, He's big enough. He's big enough to cover your sin. I I don't care if it's adultery. I don't care if it's an addiction to pornography. I don't care if it's you're addicted to drugs or or sex or alcohol. 
I don't care if you've cheated or stolen something. Your circumstances, your fights, even your hurts and your wounds, God is big enough to hide you. You with me? He's big enough. He's big enough. Jesus covers you. And he loves you and he hides you. But most of us are running in the opposite direction. We just don't get it. We've missed it. We're so busy fighting. We're so busy complaining and arguing. Life's not fair. We don't get into that secret place, that hiding place where we can go. talking about it's good to just sit here in the presence of God and just be covered how many need to be covered this morning you with me your covering must come through Christ not this world not anything else but through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Jonathan told David, just stay put. Stay put. And he would go and talk to Saul on his behalf. Let me talk to my dad. Let me talk to my, my dad, David. Listen to Jonathan's heart. Remember, Jonathan made a covenant to David. He made a commitment to David. He was a good friend, loyal and faithful. Risked everything. Listen to his heart. Dad, now picture Jonathan face to face with an angry, jealous king. Jonathan comes up to him and says, Dad, David's done nothing wrong. David's done nothing wrong. He's your servant. Why would you try to kill him? Your servant hasn't sinned against you. Think of your own life. We've done nothing wrong. Why is this happening? Right? Listen to his heart. Your servant hasn't sinned against you. In fact, his actions have, have benefited you. Dad, he's been faithful to you. Don't you remember? Dad, don't you remember, David? His bravery entering the ring with Goliath, the Philistine. Dad, David didn't have to do that, did he? He didn't have to get in that ring. Remember when your soldiers, all of Israel's army, wouldn't enter the ring, go into battle and fight? Remember when you stayed put, David entered the ring. Dad, David did that. David did that. Dad, he did it for you. He did it for you. He, he did that for Israel. He, he did that for God. He's given you victories. He's given you victories. Why are you treating him this way? You even rejoiced. I love what Jonathan does here in the text. 
As he tries to change Saul's heart, Saul's mind about David. He says, you even rejoiced and celebrated with him at one time. Why now would you try to kill him? He's innocent and anointed. Innocent and anointed. Dad, David's played for you. He's loved you. He's been faithful. Please change your mind. Remember, David is in his hiding place. He's in the presence of God, hiding while Jonathan intercedes on his behalf to protect him. Please change your mind. I I wonder this morning how many things that we're going through, and we're going through them alone, completely alone. And it's a heavy weight, and it's a burden, and it's difficult, and it's scary. You don't know the outcome. You don't know what the outcome will be. You want a victory. We need to pray for each other. Amen? Amen? We have to pray for one another. May we intercede on behalf of one another. As though we are standing face to face with the King of Kings. Not an angry king. Not a Saul. But God. Many of us have been through hard things, difficult battles, trials of late. Maybe this last month, maybe this last year, it goes on and on and on and on. And you're tired and you're weary and you're broken and you feel like pray. We need to pray for each other. We need to pray for each other. In Christ, there are great victories. And I'm almost done. Amen? In Christ, there are great victories. In Christ, there lies our, our hiding place. Our, our win is coming. You know, once Jonathan was done talking with Saul, Saul withdrew the hit he put out on David. Isn't that cool? Jonathan bought David some more time in the fight, in the battle. I'm going to have our praise team come forward. Every head bowed, eyes closed. And we're just going to have a time of prayer. Every head bowed, eyes closed. Maybe you've been in a fight. Every head bowed, eyes closed. We're going to pray for one another. We're going to pray for one another. You know why? Because the Bible tells us to carry each other's burdens, to love one another. We're going to intercede for one another. As we have this time of prayer, pray for yourself. You ask God to raise you up. You ask God to lift you out of the pit. You pray for that child of yours that maybe walked away from the Lord and they're not walking with Christ. And they're alone and they're afraid. And they're doing their own thing. You pray for that child. Maybe you pray for your spouse this morning. It says, you know what? Something's not right. There's a bitterness. There's anger there. There's issues. You just lift them up before God. Maybe you pray for me this morning. I'd sure appreciate that. I'm going to have my leaders come forward. Come down to the front.
For those that don't want to move, don't feel like you have to move. But if you want to be prayed for this morning, would you just come? No one's watching, no one's looking. It's just you and me and God. Would you come down to the front? Maybe sit in the front row and we just want to pray over you. You've got a battle that you can't fight on your own. Would you come forward? Hey, thanks for listening to the Houghton Baptist Podcast. We appreciate your support. And speaking of support, there's a lot of different ways you can support Houghton Baptist in addition to the traditional way of giving your tithe or check at church. We have online giving on our website at HoughtonBaptist.org. And we also have text giving. If you're interested in text giving, just dial 906-346-1317 and follow the information from there. Easy peasy. If you're looking for a church or you're just not sure what church is all about, why don't you stop by Houghton Baptist Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Be there. Come as you are. We do. Have a great day.